0: Welcome into Phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts with CPA and personal financial specialist Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts with Phil Putney and myself. And uh, we're trying out some new software this week, so we're yeah, gonna well, have a, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, uh, the colors are really nice, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's definitely interesting. So instead of uh, the normal. Uh, company that starts with a z uh that everybody uses we're gonna we're trying a different one here so we'll see how this goes but uh we're gonna talk about social security myths actually we're gonna break this into two podcasts this week and yeah. next week uh, we're gonna go through the top 10 social security myths mm-hmm. uh and run them down a little bit with phil so we'll just dive in and get rolling phil how's it going buddy
1: doing good doing good yep. We're, yep. we're getting into spring i'm loving it that's right so.
0: that's right it's it's gonna, gonna warm up this
1: week was your easter good it was really good thank you yeah yeah. 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 beautiful weather one of the the nicest weathers from easter so great time to get outside with the kids we easter egg egg hunts and all that fun stuff so right right
0: yeah you never know what the weather's going to give you yeah we've
1: we've had snow some easters all the way to this year this year was almost 70 so sunny beautiful
0: can't beat it can't Can't complain not in michigan Well, you know, it is what it is. But one thing we can't complain about, and often, is Social Security.
1: There there you Uh, go, yeah.
0: And uh, certainly one of the complaints is – I think a lot of these myths that I've got here, Phil, you can kind of – there's always a nugget, I think, Mm -hmm. helps kind of spawn the – the larger incorrectness of the myth, if you will. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's break them down a little bit, take a look at them, see what we got going on here. Uh, let's just jump in and get started. Myth number one, the Social Security Administration will help you to make the best decision about when you should start your benefits. And this is, I think, certainly a misnomer. They help you with yeah. a lot of things, but they don't know your financial situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, and actually, according to their manual, they're not allowed to give you, quote unquote, advice, which I mean, that's right. the reality of what that is, is that's advice. When, when should I file? Right. Um, I mean, if you want to know, you know, what would my benefit be doing this or that or filing at this age or spousal, uh, you know, all the facts, mm-hmm. they can give you all that. Right. Right. You know, but as far as figuring out what is the right strategy, what's the, the best decision for me with Social Security, um, they can't do that. I mean, it's just they're not allowed to. Because they don't – and it makes sense, right? They don't know your entire scenario. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. If you like
0: asking your lawyer to help you tune your car.
1: That's right. That's right. They don't know the whole thing. So, yeah, you you, you can't –
0: Might be a good mechanic maybe on the the side, but it's not really, you know, what you're seeing him for.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, one of the frustrations I hear a lot with Social Security, and, I mean, this is pretty typical with, you know, any agency like that is – it depends on who you talk to, you know, what answer right. you get, unfortunately, yeah. um, you know. So my recommendation is if you're calling in, if it's a, a little bit more complex question, um, I mean, first talk to your advisor. Um, yeah. they, they should understand all the ins and outs and the basics of, of Social Security. Probably answer 90 percent or more of, of questions you would have, you know. But if you've got a more yeah. complex scenario on your scenario, you know, your situation specifically, mm-hmm. Call in, talk to the, the first line person, you know, see what you hear. If you don't like what you hear, just ask for a supervisor, you know, because usually oh, okay. it's the next level up, like many organizations. Right. They they're a little bit more knowledgeable. They better yeah, understand true. how things work, you know, and, and the realities of uh, of the benefits. So, yeah. And they're, I imagine they're pretty swamped too. these. Oh, it's. Folks. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So, and it's, okay. you know, and, and it's it's getting a little bit, at least in our area, a little bit easier to go into the office if you actually like that, you know, right. going into the physical office. You know, and, but yeah, it's still online, thing. or you're not online. But making a phone call is probably the easiest yeah. way to get the
0: answer. Well, they do so. a great job, right? Again, but they're also swamped, and there's there's just so right. many things they can do. And so, you know, they can help you kind of look at some of the different, uh, I guess, benefits that you're eligible for, but not
1: necessarily the best strategy, right? So Correct. The yeah, head. they're not going to give you a strategy. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Or they, it, it, I should say they shouldn't give you a strategy. They they're not supposed yeah. to give you a strategy. Right. So if, right. if one of them starts to try to give you a strategy, just be cautious. Again, you know that's true understand where they should be and what they should be doing it's it's all about the facts with them if this is what the benefit is at this point or that point or how you know whatever it's um is you're you're looking for that answer on specifically so
0: all right let's go to myth number two and Mm -hmm. that is uh you don't get any social security if you're a stay-at-home mom and and this one i can see where this one gets uh kind of perverted a little bit right? right because it's like there's a couple of requirements, right Phil, you have to hit for your own individual benefit.
1: Correct. yeah and, and that's really the key is that you would not have an individual benefit if you're potentially if you were if you never had a job right So if you've never had a job yeah you wouldn't, you wouldn't qualify. You have to have 40 quarters, basically 10 years of earning history mm-hmm. to even qualify for benefits on your own record, right. Um, you know, so this was something not part of the original Social Security uh, Act back when it was started by FDR with the New Deal. Um, it was brought about after to help for just this scenario, the, the you know, the stay-at-home mom the, right. or spouse that didn't work. Sure. But, yeah, so you're not eligible for benefits on your own, but you could be eligible for what's called a spousal benefit. Right. Um, which is going to be 50% of the other earning spouse, their benefit at full retirement. Yeah. You know, and that's often the the misunderstanding and kind of the myth and, you know, that relating to that spousal benefit is that it's half of the benefit at full retirement is, is what's you're eligible for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and, and so, I think that's where the confusion comes in, because it's right. like, well, I, you know, if you had a job on your own, mm-hmm. then you would be eligible for your own up to those those minimums. You got to have those minimums, right? Uh, but if you never did and you were married, then yes, you would still be eligible. So
1: and this is where a lot of planning comes into play too, though, because it, you know, just throw some quick numbers out there. Let's say your spouse's full benefit was three thousand. Make it right. easy math. So technically, spousal benefits are fifteen hundred at full retirement. But how spousal benefits work is that you subtract from that spousal benefit your own benefit. Mm. You know, so if you did have a work history and, and you know, had a, a small benefit, call it 500 even, mm-hmm. you know, if you're eligible for spousal benefits of, of 1,500, you're, you're going to get the same 1,500 whether you had a work history or not.
0: You get, it's the higher of the two. It's right. the higher
1: of the two. It's just the same as know.
0: whenever you, when a spouse passes away, it's the higher of the two.
1: Right. You know, so, I mean, there's often I've had discussions with clients about, well, I've got to, you know, my spouse doesn't have a work history, so should she or he go back to work and get some, you know, build up that earning history to to build up the benefit? Right. The reality is building it up to the point of that spousal benefit really doesn't matter. You're going to get the same benefit either way. So it doesn't help you. It doesn't hurt you. Right. You know, but there is no real advantage total, you know, from a total benefit standpoint. But- That being said, there still could be some strategies and why and when and how that works because you can file for your own benefit at a different time from spousal. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, if you do have it, it's there's a lot of complexities it's, and you know twists and turns you can take on the, yeah. the whole Social Security path. And but. there's
0: some interesting caveats if you if you married more than once. Like my mom, oh, wound yeah. up, she wound up getting her uh, Social Security changed in her 80s from her first husband. Yeah. Uh, ver, uh, because she's not, she's not married now. She had been married, you know, in the past, she'd had more than one husband, Right. but they were, you know, they, again, back to the first question, the, the person on the line helped her, you know, to say, well, you know, you're eligible for your first husband's benefit, mm-hmm. which, because you were married at least 10 years, right. uh, and, and, and you haven't been married. You're not currently married. You're yeah, not currently so,
1: married. Right. right? Yep. Yeah, yep. So, so you, you can go back and get a survivor benefit off from, if you've had more than one husband that has passed away, you met right? the 10 right. years or wife, right. Same. Yeah. So, yeah, so a little little yeah, interesting there, caveats in there. There there's a lot of twists and turns and benefits in social security planning to really understand how you know are you getting the best benefit out yeah. of it. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh myth number three, mm-hmm. you won't pay taxes on your social security Uh, Since you paid taxes on that money already. uh, Oh, wouldn't wouldn't
1: that be nice, right? This is a fun one. Now, (laughs) once upon a time, Phil, this was true. Yes. Yeah, so again, I I mentioned FDR's new deal. I mean, that's when Social Security was instituted, and that was actually part of his new deal, the Social Security Act, was it was not taxable. The benefit itself was not taxable. Mm -hmm. Um, But as soon as he was out of office, the next administration came in, they figured out how to tax it. And, (laughs) And since then, it's been taxed. Right, right. You know, so um, but this is, unfortunately- income,
0: this is where income planning comes into play, though. Right. Because oh, it's huge. Yeah. It, it, depending on where you're pulling and how you're pulling in your income, it's going to affect how much uh, up to Social Security could be taxed.
1: Correct. Yeah. So there, there's a whole process you go through to first figure out, number number one, your, your provisional income, mm-hmm. um, which easiest way to think of it. A provisional income is everything on the front page of the return plus half of the Social Security benefit. You know, so all the taxable income you have half of social security benefit and municipal bond interest any tax exempt interest that's your provisional income mm-hmm. um, and then you compare that to and we'll have on the screen a, a slide that talks about the the thresholds for single and in married filing joint but for married filing joint for instance once that provisional income number gets above thirty two thousand, 50 yeah 50 of the benefit starts to become taxable once it gets above 44, 85% of the benefit becomes taxable. That's the, the amount taxable. That's not the tax rate. Right. You know, often people think, well, it's take not 85%, 85% tax. tax rate, no. I was always, I always joking and said, yeah, they're greedy, but they're not that greedy. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to, you know, it's not an 85% tax. Right. But 85% of it's taxable at whatever your current rate is. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. but I mean, t- to your point, this is where income planning really comes into yep. play because the reality is once you're, for a married couple, let's say, above that 44000 which isn't a big number. Right. You know, oh. an interesting caveat with those numbers, they haven't been indexed since the 80s. So that's why they're wow. as low as they are. Okay. Um, it's one of, one of the few things in the code that doesn't get indexed each year. Well, that's good. Um, one of the few thresholds. So, I mean, it's uh, unfortunately more and more people every year just with inflation get forced into these higher levels of taxation and social security. Oh, but with that, once you're above that top-tier threshold, it, it becomes this tax trap of, I take another dollar out of my IRA or mm-hmm. earn another dollar you know, of interest, dividends, whatever it is, along with that, now into the tax equation comes another $0.85 cents of your Social Security benefit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So even if you're in the 12% bracket today, that extra dollar from, from whatever it is brought With it, the eighty-five cents of Social Security, so you're paying tax on a dollar eighty-five at twelve percent, which is twenty percent. Yeah. So it's you know it's one of those things. I thought it was in the twelve percent bracket. Well, you are. You're in the marginal bracket of twelve percent, but because of taxation of Social Security, you're actually paying tax on a dollar eighty-five. So you're not really paying twelve percent. It's twenty. Wow. And it gets worse as you go up the brackets. Sneaky. So yeah, it's you know it's not a. You don't see that anywhere in the tax rate. It's just how the formula works.
0: Right. But to
1: your point, this is where huge amounts of advantages can be gained in income planning. Yes. And how do you structure that income need that you have from a tax efficiency standpoint? Well, and
0: we talk about that all the time. So don't Mm -hmm. look at the, you know, okay, I've got my pension, you know, or I've got my Mm -hmm. 401k. Oh, and then I have Social Security. Talk with a professional about how these things work together. Uh, Absolutely. And how to put a strategy, you know, cohesively together because it can make a big difference. It's not this. Oh, and that. So right. keep that in mind. Yeah.
1: When you're when we're looking at Social Security with clients I mean, we always start with Social Security kind of by itself in a box, I say, just to yeah, get you it, could do it like a get the concept to yeah. understand these are the advantages and pros and cons and how it works. And based on that, this might be the right strategy. But very often, by the time now we blend that in with their other income, Mm -hmm. the need they have, and the assets they have, it's a totally different strategy. Yeah. Because now to maximize everything and make it work more efficiently – it changes the picture on how Social Security should be brought into that equation. So,
0: yeah, and running that Social Security maximization is helpful and really kind of – and stress testing some different scenarios really kind of right. helpful in, in looking at what uh, might be the best option, whether you're single uh, you yep. know, or, or married. So,
1: yeah. yeah, and I mean, again, that's a great place to start, but my my encouragement with that would be don't use a Social Security maximization as the – the analysis to say this is when I'm going to file, because based on that, this is the right strategy. Right, yeah, yeah. Make that decision in light of everything else.
0: Yep, So. yep, yep, good points for sure. All right, so uh, moving right along here on some top social security myths. Yeah. That's the first three. We're going to do two more here this week, and then we'll do the the other five next week. Uh, The next two are the biggies, Mm -hmm. the big myths that everybody hears and everybody gets all worked up about, and this is what the media and so on and so forth run with. Uh, There won't be any social security left. By the time that you retire, you know, I I feel I just don't think it's no one's going to totally eliminate it. I don't think anyone has the the wherewithal to deal with that from a political standpoint. And let's be honest, it's a political poker chip. Oh, uh, it's, and it's a hot potato. Nobody
1: wants. Yeah, it. it's funny. Mm-hmm. I always joke around. I say Social Security is a hot potato, right? No one wants to potato. touch it. Right. The reality is whoever touches it and changes what needs to be done to make it work long term is going to be blamed for the whole thing. So, yeah, no, no one's touching it yet. I don't um, think it's going
0: anywhere, but changes have no. to happen.
1: A- absolutely. So, I mean, the, the big myth or, you know, the, the fact that you're always hearing and it's true, mm-hmm. you know, is that the trust fund. And that's the piece that often gets left out, the trust fund, which is the surplus that's been built up since this started, because there's been way more workers paying in than collecting up until, you know, the last five to 10 years, you know, but now that trust fund is being spent down. So if they do absolutely nothing, don't change how it's calculated. And this number changes every year, but it's somewhere in the 2030s, you know, Mm -hmm. 32, 33, it kind of changes as they run the math each year. Right. If that trust fund runs out, then it's around 75 percent of the benefit that it could pay based on, you know, the, the amount of Social Security benefits coming in. Right. And again, that's if they pay if they change nothing.
0: And it's interesting um, because you hear that. And yet we also due to losses uh, through covid, mm-hmm. you also there's a number out there of around 220 billion supposedly that had been recouped from the fact that that people that passed away from covid or whatever right. seniors or whatnot. They don't really necessarily talk about that going right back into it, right? Even right. though you go, wait a minute, you use that story when you need to. So, yes, again, it's kind of one of those things where, and we know that they they've been ta- they take from the trust fund for all sorts of things, and then they put it back and so on and so forth. So it's well, all. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: really another misnomer because the reality is the um, the Social Security is invested in a specific type of government bond that was part of the Social Security Act. It was okay. created with it in the beginning. So, I mean, it's not like they're borrowing from it and putting it, I mean, it's, it's invested in a, in a long-term government bond, a specific series of bond only available to social security. I mean, that's how it was originally designed. Oh, you know, so everyone thinks about, oh, they're always robbing the benefit. That's why it's in trouble. It's not. I mean, it's just, it's, they borrow it. Absolutely. That, but that's how it was designed. Another myth, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's, yeah, just be very, very careful of the hype you hear on social security. Yeah, Yeah, there's. There has to be some change. It's got Absolutely. Yeah. It's it got has issues. a lot of issues, you yeah. know, and, you know, if you wanted to stress test it, yeah, maybe say well, what happens if I lose 25% of the benefit? Good point. You know, I mean, that, yeah. that to me is mathematically what they're saying is the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. And that's how it was designed. I mean, this is another myth that people don't really understand the fact of Social Security. It was never designed as a private pension. The money that, you know, you paid in and your employer paid in is in this account for you. Right. No, I mean, it was... You know the the current worker has always funded those that are collecting the benefits. Yeah, you know, the and very that's, first and people that real collected, problem. right? Yeah, the very first people that collected Social Security, they had paid in pennies versus the dollars they got out. I mean, right. there's no right. way they were getting that benefit. It was all based on the the workers paying in. So, so, yeah, we're going to have
0: to look at changes, you know, maybe some age yes. changes, uh, you know, maybe some grandfathering things in people over right. 50 probably aren't nearly as in jeopardy as, as yes. moving parts as people under 50. So, but I think just the general, well, it's going broke, which leads to myth number five. Yeah. Uh, so therefore you should turn it on as soon as possible. Right. Right. So yeah. that's, that's the myth number five. Well, I'm getting it while it's here to get. So as soon as right. I'm 62, I'm turning it on. And if you need the money, Phil, we talk about this to nth degree fine right right but if you don't it may not be the best it's just don't turn it on just because you think it's going broke
1: yeah any any financial decision you're making in retirement know why you're making the decision don't make it on some well I heard you know it's going broke or I heard whatever right. it is because you're Unfortunately, those are going to be emotional decisions that at the end of it probably aren't going to be the right decision. Yeah. You know, understand the math behind it. Yeah. If you want to you know, hedge against what happens if Social Security has to cut it or whatever, then that's a whole nother scenario. Um, but don't file early just because I think it's going to go broke. So I want to get the money before they change the rules on me. Uh, you know, even if they do change it, which I mean, at some point they probably will. You know, Mark, to your point, I, I personally think, yeah, it's somewhere in the 50s or beyond you know, or for sure, into the 60s or beyond, I don't think those individuals are going to see Probably, a change okay. in benefit yeah, because they don't have to. There's enough they can do with the younger benefit, you know, the younger worker, how their benefits calculated, everything yeah. else to make this all work.
0: Just look at France um, right now, right? I mean, they're how right. upset they are over, over pushing Oh, yeah, changing it years. for two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, And it's the younger people that are upset about it. Uh, because they don't want to have to work two years longer, and I get it. But that's probably the same situation we're looking at here. I mean, I've seen right. this, you know a, tons of things, Phil, where it's like if they just eliminate the early retirement age, or even move it back from sixty-two to sixty-four, they could talk about funding in another fifty or a hundred years. So
1: right, right, yeah. I mean, if you think of that age range as you can collect sixty-two being the earliest, all the way to seventy, and then that full retirement age in the middle that they've moved. I mean, if they simply move that whole thing up. You know, for the earliest wasn't 62, maybe it's even 65 or something of that range. You know, moved out that full retirement, got rid of the delayed earning credit or, you know, narrowed that out or pushed that out to 75. I mean, there's so many things they could do if they change that again for a a group of individuals under a certain age. Right. Yeah. Which typically in, in these kind of scenarios, that's what happens, right? They, they, anytime they make a change, I mean, RMDs is a great example. Exactly. We just went through all the changes they made with RMDs. They're saying, okay, for those born on or after X date, this is the new rule. Yep. You know, and and if they change or when they change Social Security at some point, I'm, I, I envision at least that's what's going to happen. Is they're going to say, okay, if you're you know born on or before X date, this is how the new system how it works for you. Yeah. Those Makes born after that, you know, in, in getting back then to filing early because, you know, once I file, they can't change it on me. I don't think that's going to be a factor. I think it's going to be more. If you're in this age range, this is how it works.
0: This is how it works, yeah. I would right. agree. So that's the first five Social Security myths. we got five more we're going to do next week. So as always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so, find us online at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. So you can follow us there or hit subscribe uh, for more content. well as check out past content mm-hmm. and all that good jazz. And, of course, if you need Phil, you can just reach out to him uh, through the website as well or 248 7530. That's 248-888-7530. We're up against the clock here, Phil, so I'll let you go and we'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts.